It is Tuesday. It's almost Wednesday. Time to celebrate. Well, not really. We're not out of the woods yet. And I say that to those of you who are attempting to burn your mask because of the June announcement about business as usual. Don't count your chickens before they're hatched. So simmer down. And welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight, we're going to talk about music. Why? Because it's my show and we can talk about what I want, music and film. You've heard me many times on this podcast, the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, talk about Tool, a band that I not only love, I would travel the ends of the earth to see them. Even if I saw them like in a little cave with me and like two other people, I would, I would so do that. It was today, 28 years ago, in 1993, they released their first album. Produced by Sylvia Massey, a game changer. The album includes some tracks the band band decided not to release on their debut EP. Undertow helped heavy metal music remain prominent as a mainstream style. Okay, see, I don't agree with that. Because it was this album that really made Tool their own genre. Because no one else sounded like Tool, even to this day. People who try to sound like them. I I love it when people say, oh, I'm going to make a Tool album. Okay. Why? Good luck. As of 2010, Undertow has sold over 2.9 million copies in the United States. Released April 6, 1993. This album is a true game changer. And today, I say that with great love and great admiration. First of all, this band, if you've never seen them live in concert, and I know everyone says that, it's the oldest story in the book, but I mean it. I mean it, man. You you have yet to experience. First of all, they don't now they don't want you to film the show. Okay. The the t- the two times I've seen them before, I filmed some of the show, even on a little Motorola Razor circa 2006. In fact, if you look, it's somewhere on YouTube. And then in 2017, I saw them again. Now, it would it, there was these screens that would pop up saying no filming. But no one was really coming around telling us to do that. It wasn't even over the loudspeaker. And then when I saw them in 2020 in Fresno, it not only came over the speaker, there were phone Gestapos running around. I shit you not. It wasn't until the final song that Maynard said, okay, security, stand down. You guys can whip them out. That's what he said. Now, people, here's the thing. I was itching to pull my phone out. I was like, oh, I traveled all this way to see Tool. Are you kidding me? But I knew people were going to film it, so I didn't dare. And I was right. I was right. 
This is an article from Revolver. I love this magazine. It's all things hard hard rock. This is from 2018 by Ryan Reed. Tool had only existed for three years when they issued their Watershed 1993 debut LP Undertow. An album that marks a distinct line in the sand. Damn right. Their critical leap from intriguing alt-metal pummel toward a style of prog metal sorcery. Sorcery. We're still dissecting 25 years later. Hair Tool became a genre unto themselves. The progressive metal movement arose in the late 80s, led by Dream Theater's symphonic virtuosity and bombastic theatrics of Queensrich. But Tool, Queensrich, immediately carved out their own niche, one defined by atmosphere and imagery more than shredding. The seeds of their droning sound were sown on their debut EP 1992's Opiate. Adam Jones' downturned riffs, Danny Carey's labyrinthine drumming, Maynard James Keenan's whisper to scream range. There were glimpses of brilliance, the menacing lurch of sweat, the noisy climax of opiate. But the songs were more rage and less ambitious, lacking the heady rhythmic shifts and sharp dynamic contrasts that had become their trademark. In retrospect, the attentiveness makes sense. The band had already written much of Undertow at the time they recorded the EP, but they scrubbed to their own insecurities and held back their most experimental material. We felt like no one would take us seriously unless we recorded only our own most aggressive in-your-face songs and put them out there at one time, Jones told Revolver in 2008. I think that got us the type of cast as a metal band. There's so many great moments on this album that I wish I could play for you. And I was listening to it yesterday. We talk about duets. You know, now everyone lives for duets. But in 1993, first of all, Maynard was on Rage Against the Machines, Know Your Enemy. And then... Henry Rollins is on Tool's bottom. From intolerance, prison sex, sober, bottom, crawl away, swamp song, undertow, four degrees, four, flood, and discondipated. I don't know. I can't say it. This is an hour and 14 minutes of 11 songs. This, this is a brutal pounding album in a good way. And when I saw them in 2020, they didn't do Sober. They didn't do Prison Sex. Really haven't done those in a while. But they did pull out Swamp Song. And it was, oh, it was amazing. It was beautiful. Anytime they take the stage and they pull out songs from Undertow, it's a magical evening. What I would love to see when they come back, when COVID goes away and they tour again, I would love to see Henry Rollins on stage with them doing Bottom. Because that's a duet that they did together on the album. And Henry Rollins, his energy matched with Maynard's. It's fucking wild. 
you know, they're both seeing dead inside. I'm not going to even attempt it. It's late. Mm. There is a YouTube clip clips of them recording Undertow. It's the only thing in its existence. There's nothing else of them recording the other albums. Produced by Sylvia Massey and Tool. Recorded between October and December 1992. Now, Prison Sex and Sober had those videos. Those videos, I mean, they even took Kurt Cobain. He, he kind of noticed them and said, oh, because he, they looked like something else he had seen. Prison Sex is the video that really everyone took notice of Tool. And thought, oh, okay. Stop motion animation, stop action motion animation. Because you know, Adam Jones was originally in film and had done work for the Predator and Terminator 2 movies. And I believe he also worked on Jurassic Park. So he brought that to Tool whenever doing their videos, the artwork. Undertow was Tool's only full album release with original bassist Paul Damore. It's true. Comedian Bill Hicks is noted as an inspiration in the liner notes. And Undertow is the only album released while he was still alive. His presence would feature again on Tool's next album, Anima. Or is it Enema? Chris Haskett, then with the Rollins Band, is credited in the liner notes with a sledgehammer, probably relation to three pianos and shotguns smashed with sledgehammers. Hmm. The artwork, the art, yeah, in the back, the well, the inside sleeve. That's interesting. Reviews, reviews, reviews always kind of, you know. Let's look at it. Ah, here we go. Henry Rollins guest vocals on bottom. Yeah. So big respect and and hands up and hands down for Miss Sylvia Massey who produced Undertow she was also okay she also worked with Metallica I didn't know that she was an educator mm, interesting this was the album that really gave the band their cojones. I mean, they had the cojones, but this really, in the industry, people kind of went, what? You know, everyone else was trying to do alternative rock. Nirvana had, and Alice in Chains had set the stage. And Pearl Jam. And then <laughs> Tool were like, uh, no, we're going to do something different. We love it, but we're going to do something different. You know, you have Ministry. Ministry is a big influence on Tool. And Maynard and the boys love Al Jorgensen. In fact, I think he got them doing acid when they did Lollapalooza. That's what I've read. I'm drinking some uh, lemon uh, zinger. I almost said spritzer, but I'm not drinking a spritz. Well, I was earlier. As I mean, how do I describe this? Am I a tool aficionado? Am I a tool head? Because, you know, the debt, the Grateful Dead are deadheads. Oh, God, I said that dreaded word. You, yeah. 
Eh. Oh, well. Fuck it. I'm talking about probably one of the best. I mean, when I saw Metallica in 2018, that was my first time seeing them live. And I had seen Tool like twice up until that point. And I remember, you know, they welcomed the new Metallica first time seeing them live into the into their arms you know and they said how what'd you think and i jokingly said well you know i'm a tool fan and this one person said in the elevator oh my you you oh you you want to be wowed i said i was wowed i was i said but it takes a lot to impress me and i joked and i said you know come on but hey without metallica there wouldn't be a tool you know, so give them, give them respect right there. Two different bands. I mean, a lot of these bands, I think what Tool did is that Tool took all of these different ideas from Ministry, from King Crimson, from Kiss. Yeah. From Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, from Deep Purple, Pink Floyd, and mixed them all together. A little Henry Rollins black flag in there. A little of the Melvins too. And just boom. They shut that. They shut. I mean, they set it on fire. First of all, no one ever sounded like that. Singing wise. When Maynard James Keenan sings. You feel like he's reaching into his own gut with his fist and pulling it out. When Adam Jones plays those riffs. And and you watch him on stage. And I mean, he is just stoic. And then Paul Demore, the original bass player. I never got to see him. But you listen to the first album. Damn, the bass. And then you got Danny Carey. Danny Carey who hits those motherfucking drums like nobody. You can see a little bit of all these other drummers that influence him, but he's his own person. I've always said this, and it's always gotten me in trouble, that Tool are four virtuosos, and they are. The singing, the rhythmics, everything about them. This is this is virtuosos. That's probably why it takes them such a long time to make an album. And I understand that. I know people like to make fun of that. Oh, it takes them like 20 years to make an album. Hey. If you want it to sound good. And they've often said they will not put stuff out that sounds like shit. It has to be good for them to put it out. And I totally understand that. There is a method to the madness. It's beautiful madness. And in 2019, they released their first album since 2006. And I was waiting patiently, very patiently. Other people lost their cool. But nothing is like undertow. In undertow, you can hear. Everything that they would become. And then you go to you go to Fear Inoculum and you hear everything that they have gone through throughout their career. It was a big 
full circle moment that album you can hear parts of undertow you can hear parts of lateralis enema opiate everything is on fear inoculum and so that's why you're able to go back and connect the dots i know the pieces fit oh yeah i know why they fit ah this album i'm gonna go down the list i would be remiss if i don't mention my good friend who are in afterlife i won't say heaven she believed in whatever she believed in. My friend was obsessed with Room 237 from The Shining. And she loved Tool. And that's how we became friends. We were, I was taking a computer class in 2004. I know, I remember all of this shit. And I was wearing a Tool hoodie. And she said, oh... You like Tool? I said, oh, yeah. She just kind of smirked. I thought, all right. And we bonded. We bonded through the music of Tool in a perfect circle. I don't know if she was listening to Pussifer. And just the music. And I remember one time we were at her house. And I think we were playing cards or smoking weed. We were doing something. We were probably both of those. We're just being, being silly. And she was going to go out on a date with this guy. I don't know if it was... This, this was... Social media was so new at this point in 2006. And I remember we were listening to Undertow. <laughs> and we put on Four Degrees. And... There's this... Oh, I miss her so much. Oh, Amanda Lukasiewicz, I miss you. When I hear that song now, I think of her. Since we can't play the music, we're just going to go to the lyrics. Okay. Whenever I see Tool in concert, I, I, I sense her spirit. And it's a beautiful thing to be connected to the music, the euphoria of it. And I know wherever she is, she's like, oh, my God, I love that new album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, Four Degrees. So we would, I would attempt to sing Tool songs, and sometimes I could do it. And sometimes, yeah, we, we all have our hills to climb. It was fun. Oh, here we go. I think Four Degrees is about anal sex, maybe? I don't know. So we're listening to it. She's getting ready. And she's singing along, you know, take it up, take it up higher. Four Degrees now. Four Degrees, woman. Give it now, give it now. Let me in, in. And she went into her room and she poked her head out and went in. And I started hysterically laughing. It was hilarious. We would basically try to dissect what those songs meant to us. Not so much what they were about, because you really can't do that. Even even there's eulogy from the other album. Okay, Intolerance opens the album. Such a loud, 
kind of you know and it ties everything together prison sex is that one so i remember we were in the courtyard of our college we're talking about tool and she said very loudly oh my god i love prison sex and the founder heard us oh my god these are hilarious moments i haven't talked about these in a long time that song prison sex is such a it's a it sounds like a i i'm i'm i don't know what it's about Maybe it's a, per, a catharsis for Maynard. I'm, I don't know. But it's that, you know. And he's talking about what is, you know, this shit, blood, and cum on my hand. Come on. But like I said, it's a song. It's open to interpretation. Sober. Why can Why can't we not be sober? We just can't. Why can't we just drink forever? Come on. Bottom. Bottom is probably, the more I listen to I remember one time I was going for a drive. The sun had gone down. It was a hot summer night. I think it was coming back from the foothills. I went to the Indian casino. And just that, oh, the way bottom kind of starts and then it slows down and you hear Henry start to speak. I'm naked and fearless. And then Maynard comes in, naked. Oh, God. Oh my god. Crawl Away is such a great song on the that bass on Crawl Away. Because first it starts off, you hear like kind of like this Peruvian music, and then it gets loud. That's the funny thing is you you have to turn the volume up to hear the Peruvian music. And then they do that purposely because then it goes, and you hear the guitar and boom. I mean, you're gonna go deaf one one way or another with that. Swamp song. So when I saw them last about a year ago, I know it's it's coming, people. It's coming back. Come on. When I saw Tool about a year ago, they did Swamp Song, and they talked about they. I wasn't really listening correctly. I was so tired. And they mentioned, "Raise your hand if you were this old when the song came out." I realized, oh wait, no, I was like twelve when that came out. My friend was laughing like. You weren't that, you weren't like little. You were, I said, yeah, I was a teenager when that came out. Um, and then Undertow, four, de- four Degrees, Flood. Oh, yeah. And then the last song he sang, This is Necessary. This is a crazy album. And in such a great way. Hmm. So it was after Undertow that Tool parted ways with Paul Damore. Okay. Paul has come out recently saying that the way they rehearsed was tedious. They would go through riffs like a hundred times, five hundred times. Hey. As as Janet Jackson's what what have you done for me lately, Paul? Come on. I understand we all understand it. And then, after Undertow, Tool brought on a new bass player. One that those of us who have been seeing them live has come to know and come to love and revere. And that's Justin motherfucking Chancellor. Okay? Justin Chancellor. Of the band Peach. So the the whole... I mean, they've been together since. Since 1995. Maynard James Keenan, Adam Jones... Justin Chancellor and Danny Carey. 
And it, on Fear Inoculum, Danny Carey really, the whole band rose to the occasion, but Danny Carey as the drummer really is the highlight of that album. That whole album, it takes all four of them to make it. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. They are four, four virtuosos. So when people complain, it takes them like 16 years to put out another album. Well, you know what? If you want to go and listen to Imagine Dragons, go right ahead. And yeah, I don't like Imagine Dragons. I don't get it. The first time I heard them, I thought, that's a rock band? Are you kidding me? And then they're, and then they're on Kids Bop. My niece and nephew listen to Kids Bop. And, and they're... They, you know, I, I studied rock and roll. I know about Paul, or not Paul. I know about Pat Boone and how Pat Boone would fuck songs up. He would take like a Little Richard song and he'd put his, his uh, whatever on it and take the soul out of it. Take the piss out of it. And that's what Kids Bop does. It takes the piss, it takes the fun words out of those songs. You're, you, it, I mean, they. It's. It's. I'm so. Gra- I'm so glad they've never done that to a Tool song. And so I go right back to my friend, who are after. You know how they often say, "I'm not a practicing Catholic." Who are in heaven, or as the great Lawrence Ferlinghetti said, "Those of us who art in heaven." Yeah, he. He. I love how he. He, he said that. Wherever she is in the afterlife, floating around. I mean, she was hilarious. We would listen to Tool all the time. Even to the chagrin of other people in the car who wanted to listen to something else. I remember she was saying to me one time, you know, I think we need to put it back on the music for them. I'm like, yeah, but it's Tool, you know. We were we were silly. We were very silly. But that will forever be a memory is sitting with her while she's getting ready to go on her date. I think she was going to take me home and then go on her date. And then there was another friend of ours that we I think he he came to visit her. I think they were seeing each other and he stormed out. So then when we were driving he flipped us off and so she pulls over and lets him in the car and he's like drive and I'm thinking why did you let him in the car but it, that moment where she's getting ready and we're listening to Tool 4 Degrees and she's like in I was hilarious <laughs> I think I had some water or soda in my mouth and I spit it out those were good times I'm not going to go into what critics say about Undertow because really it is unimportant. But Tool as a whole, oh, they love to talk about holes. Like I've said, you know, those songs are open to interpretation. I remember one time a friend of mine said to me, I know why you like Tool. I said, why? Because some of their songs are about anal sex. I said, no, Give me a break with that. And then they listen. I said, listen to them and then tell me. And they listened to Tool and they went, oh, shit. That's intense. Or I remember my friend said, that's thinking man's music. I said, yeah. 
And then he looks at me. So that's why you can't work out to them? I said, no. And, and I'm not and I'm not saying anything against black. I love Black Sabbath. I love a lot of other bands. I even one time was working out to Bjork. That really helped. But to work out to Tool? Why? If I go for a walk, I'll listen to Tool. I remember I would go to the gym when we could still go. And I couldn't listen to Tool. So I would put on maybe like Author and Punisher. Because that's like drone kind of doom metal kind of along the lines of industrial I would listen to a lot of ministry I love ministry but nothing beats Tool I'm waiting for the Funko Pop when that I don't think it's gonna happen I you know what I would shell out though it's like oh they got Tool Funko Pop okay all four Mm. You know, oh God, I said it again. Count them. I I, want to give a shout out to the LNC and to Strombo who told me to count the number of times I say it. So if you've ever looked at the album cover of Undertow, it's very interesting. Looks like some ribs, maybe a McRib. Maybe it's a, a blood blood vessel blood cell being warped and contorted but it's so iconic and we have to you know Adam Jones Adam Jones and the band really go the extra mile they do things musically visually that other people don't have the cojones to do I can hear those the songs in my head right now I can hear bottom because of the the distortion. It, when you listen to Tool, it's like listening to a tree grow. Listening to the branches grow. Listening to the weeds. Everything grow. The, the wild lilac. It's alive. These albums are alive. In a Frankenstein type of way. The album's success is in the striking, haunting visuals that complemented the album's nihilistic yet wishful mood. Wistful, not wishful. Mm. The album art was designed by Adam Jones. Photos in the liner notes. The band members with pins in the sides of their heads generated controversy, resulting in the album being removed from stores such as Kmart and Walmart. The band reacted by releasing another version which depicted a giant barcode on a white background. This version of the album included a note from the band. It came to our attention recently that many stores across our fine and open-minded nation would not stock Undertow because of our explicit artwork. Although we loathe being censored, we want your money. We still want you to hear our music. We took it out. However, it is available to you at no extra cost. Out of the form of an envelope, mail it in and we will send you the art original artwork love tool. The message on the photograph of the band members reads, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. I want you to start this over. Say you won't go this over, love. I'll make you weapons of out of imperfections. Lay down and let me 
show you another oh okay yeah that's from uh crawl away <sighs> adam jones's pet pig mo appears on the album back cover amid an array of forks standing on end <laughs> i love it hmm. yeah beautiful album beautiful sound I know. I'm. I'm a. Yeah. I'm a tool nerd. Give it to me. Slap me around. Spit at me. It's there. I love this band, and I love that album. I don't like these lists that say which album is better, which album is weak. I don't believe in that shit because they're all connected. For me, they haven't ever made a bad album. Now, I knew someone in college who, well. I wouldn't, I, uh, I don't like to talk about them, but they thought they knew everything about Tool. And when 10,000 Days came out, they seemed kind of disappointed. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I was not disappointed. I loved it. Then we would listen to other things because she said, oh, I can't listen to Tool all the time. And, and then didn't like the videos, thought they were weird. And I thought, you're not a real fan. You're a fake. Of course, there were other things of this person that were very fake. And so when I first saw them live, I didn't take her. I took someone else. Because I did not want to be schooled on my favorite band, whom she assumed got me, she got me into them. Oh, no, honey. I was into Tool way before I met you in your silicone. Okay. All right. I'm just spilling the tea right there. Wherever she is, I hope she's happy, but stay the fuck out of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast with a little bit of music. If you're shocked or stunned by my use of the F word, hey, it's a podcast. Don't let your kids listen to it. I don't let mine listen to it. (sighs) 28 years ago, this brilliant album. And it was just the beginning. That's what I love about Tool is no one album stands out as their best or the masterpiece. No, no. They keep doing it. They keep chiseling away at that rock, giving us something we've never seen before, giving us something we've never heard before. And they achieved this with that album. They had done their EP and then this album, this was serving. This was the beginning. The EP was just a taste, but Undertow was the banquet of, I mean, this was a banquet of fucking drinking, eating. This was everything with the pig on the back, forks, soups on. I give to you release on April 6, 1993, produced by Tool and Sylvia Massey, Tool's Undertow, Unpleasant Dreams.